Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, January the 19th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And on Fridays, we take a look at emails again. And you can send me an email simply by addressing it to Tom Baker at brick.net. That's B-R-I-C-K dot net. So we're going to be taking a look at an email we received from Greg Laurie. He says, sooner or later, we are all asked the kinds of big questions that don't always have easy answers. Questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do people suffer? And why do we always appear to lose just one sock? Well, he says, I don't have the answer to the sock question. Where in the world do those socks go? But I might be able to help with one of the other big questions. Why does God allow suffering? Yesterday, Wes Reimnitz and I talked about that second question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And the world thinks that bad things happen because of an idea of karma. Namely, if you don't live a good life, then bad things happen to you. You may end up in jail, arrested by the police, all kinds of things. It was like that man who said, boy, I went to get a parking spot in a busy section of the city, and I found one open. It must mean that I'm giving, that I'm living a good life. No, we reject that. When good things happen to you, it's not at all because of your works. Even when bad things happen to you, occasionally they may be consequences of your sin, but they are not necessarily always that. And we're going to take a look at an example. So he's trying to answer this question, namely, why does God allow suffering? I believe it was C.S. Lewis who said that suffering is the biggest problem for atheists because Christians a lot of times cannot answer why some suffer and others do not. Why, I was just watching on a YouTube about a small town that was hit by a tornado and many of the best offices were destroyed as well as homes and I believe it was 60 people that died. So what do you say at a funeral? Did those 60 people, well, they were really bad, and that's why God allowed suffering to come to them? Well, what we need to do 
There is a true historical story in the Gospels that does address this question. It's found in John chapter 9. So let me read it. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus answered, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. Jesus is talking about God the Father. The night is coming, then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Now Jesus is still here in the world. Yes, he's ascended to the right hand of God, but he also is everywhere with us. That's obvious. Remember, after his ascension into heaven, Paul is actually hearing him speak to him on the road to Damascus when he gets thrown off the horse in order to be baptized. So Jesus is with us. Well, what did he do with this man born blind since birth? He put spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes, and then told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Uh, Siloam means sent. So the man went, washed, and he came back seen. I've often wondered about that historical story. How would you film that? The man is well known as a beggar at the temple, and suddenly people see him walking towards the pool of Siloam, which is a distance from the temple, with his face caked in mud. And yet, he listened to Jesus and did that. It kind of reminds you of another historical event when Jesus, and this is part of our gospel for today, this Sunday, is he called disciples to follow him. And as soon as he said, follow me, they left their boats and they followed Jesus. His command has the power to fulfill his request. Now, we've all heard people use the phrase, seen 
is believing. But in the life of this man who has spent his entire life unable to see, isn't it more accurate to say believing is seeing? See, that's why the gift of faith is so important from the Holy Spirit. Because until one receives that gift of faith, they are really unable to see reality as it is. But with the gift of faith, things still may be mysterious, like the baptism of an infant or receiving bread and wine at the Lord's Supper. But through faith, we believe that in that baptism, that child is coming to salvation, receiving the gift of faith, believing in the Lord Jesus, and receiving not only the gift of the forgiveness of sins, but also the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is no evidence that we can see with our eyes that that is true. But therefore we believe, and therefore believing is the way to see. That is also true in regard to the Lord's Supper. We only see a morsel of bread, a sip of wine, and yet we believe that through that we're receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ because that's what Jesus says. So we need to look at the question that the disciples asked Jesus about this blind man. They assumed because it was a common belief in that day in regard to Judaism, that the man's blindness must be a consequence, a result of some kind of sin. That's why they asked, was it because of his sins or his parents' sins? We all assumed the answer to similar questions. Why does God allow specific babies to be born with disabilities? Why did the tornado directly strike that city on the coast? Why did so many people die in the devastating fire? Are these devastating events some kind of divine punishment. As we said earlier, C.S. Lewis once wrote, the problem of pain is atheism's most potent weapon against the Christian faith. Because they assume if you're a Christian, that means God loves you and he'll be taking care of you then why do you go through these experiences, pain, suffering, grief, 
sorrow, injury, etc. Is it because you've done something wrong? You can identify with these questions. You've harbored, many of us, significant doubts or may have even turned against God because of a tragedy in this life. For instance, it's a common understanding among a number of Jews that God doesn't exist because if he did, he would have stopped the Holocaust from occurring where six million Jews died at the hands of the Nazis. That's how people think. If a Jew is a good Jew, why didn't God help and save them? Or you might feel you've been dealt a particularly harsh hand. Maybe your parents are divorced. You have a disability. You're grieving because of the senseless death of a loved one. You just have one answer. Why? You know, you're not alone in asking that question. Ed Sheeran is one of the biggest global pop stars in the 21st century. And he reveals in a new documentary that he has also asked those same questions. Over the course of just a few months, his best friend died from cardiac arrest while still in his early 30s. Then Ed's wife, was diagnosed with a cancerous tumor while she was pregnant with the couple's child. In his documentary entitled The Sum of It All, he says grief and loss took over his whole life for a period. He found himself feeling suicidal plagued with fear, depression, and anxiety. I knew a pastor who got a call from a family who said that their father was in the basement with a shotgun, and he was so depressed, he was ready to shoot himself. The pastor rushed over to the house and even went into the basement, perhaps taking his own life in his hands. And he began to talk to this person ready to commit suicide. And after talking to him and giving him many Bible verses with promises from God, which God never breaks, the man gave up his suicidal tendencies and began to live with the family again. 
Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes our lives just don't make sense. And it doesn't matter if we're rich or poor, famous or unknown. So why do these bad things happen in our life? That's exactly what the disciples wanted to know from Jesus. What big happened that was bad that resulted in this man being born blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin? You might be surprised that Jesus' answer was neither. The man wasn't blind because of sin from anybody period, because God had a different purpose for the man's blindness. We can learn important truths from this historical event. Number one, you and I live in a fallen world. That's why bad things happen. God had created Adam and Eve in a perfect place called the Garden of Eden. Humanity was created perfect. We didn't die. We were completely innocent, as the Genesis account says. But we did have the ability to choose right and wrong. And our first parents, Adam and Eve, made the wrong choice. They chose the wrong. They listened to Satan. And they got more impressed with what Satan was telling them. And as a result, we are living today under the curse of sin. It impacts our world and changes every part of our lives. When sin entered the world, It was not just something that happened to human beings, but the whole universe fell. There were horrible weather events on earth that did not exist in the Garden of Eden, like hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, volcanoes. Had Adam and Eve never sinned, our world would not be cursed. And it's cursed because it is the home of Satan. In a broad sense, things like sickness, disability, and death may be seen as a result of sin. The result, put it this way by the Apostle Paul, when Adam sinned and entered the world, Adam's sin brought death. And death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Romans 5, verse 12. That means human beings are responsible for sin, not God. So you might ask this question. Why didn't God create human beings with the inability to sin. It's because God gave us 
of free will. We can use it to choose good or to choose evil. We can love or reject him. We can use our free will to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Had God not allowed us to exercise our free will, the world would have been safer. Now, this is important to remember. When you go to heaven, are you going to have free will? Yes, you are. But you are going to be so motivated by the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son, that you will never even want to sin, let alone sin by thought, word, or deed. It will be a return to the Garden of Eden without sin. A second point to learn from the blind man, life can be bad, but God is good. In other words, what question is not about how the man ended up blind. The question was about how God could use his affliction to bring glory to God the Father. So, this is important at funerals. People may walk into a funeral very much in grief, and yet at the end of the funeral, they still grieve, but they no longer grieve as those who have no hope. Jesus chose to perform a miracle in this man's life. Previously in the Gospels, Jesus had healed people in a variety of ways. Sometimes he just spoke words. People were healed. Sometimes he physically touched people. But what did he do to you as a Christian? He physically touched you with the waters of baptism or by hearing the word of God read from Scripture and he gave you faith. So Jesus raised his healing methods so we wouldn't pay attention to the way he healed people, but would instead look to him as the healer himself. Which leads us to our third and final point. God uses flawed people. He gave the blind man a role in his own healing. The man had to find his way to the pool of Siloam and wash himself. Likewise, God used the small in stature David to bring down a giant. He used Moses to part the Red Sea. He used Esther to save her people. In fact, that's the whole message of the Jesus revolution. God uses messed up people like you and me. Why does God give a blind man a role in his own healing? 
Paul explains it in 1 Corinthians. Instead, God chose those things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. You cannot boast that I have a good life because I'm a good person. Works simply don't make you a good person, except the works of Jesus Christ. And the greatest work is his death on the cross. So no matter what grief, sorrow, injury, or bad circumstances you're living in, God is permitting it because he's taking care of you. That's his promise. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. So there's God's part in our healing, and then there's our part. The blind man later told the people of his village, I went and washed, and now I can see. And that's the message the Christian gives to his children, that they too can see the mysteries of Jesus Christ, why he had to suffer, why he had to die, why he rose from the dead, why he ascended into heaven, all because of his love for you. So we look forward to a heaven where we will have free will, but never desire to sin because God will take care of us one step at a time. This is a truth that is difficult to understand unless one has faith. So share that faith with those who are in depression right now. I'm Tom Baker. Join us Monday for another edition of Law and Gospel. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.